Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Roots of Life podcast. My name is Taylor Jean. I am here today with my co-host and good friend, James Jimmy Fitzgerald. Jimmy, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm fantastic, actually. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Had a, uh, had a rough sleep, but I think I'm pulling myself out of it. Feeling better. Yeah, you got a smile on. Is the sun out for you today? It is, actually. It's beautiful outside. I'm probably going to go for a hike when we're done this. It's still probably like minus 15 over there, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, like the warmest part of the day is minus 15. That's the, that's the high. Wow. That's the high. Yeah. That's pretty low for a high. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to like negative 22-ish, and then with wind chill, like negative 30 these last few days, so... It's great. Canada. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, no kidding. Well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. We've got a great show for you today. We've got some interesting content that we want to talk about. If you want to reach out to us at all, hit us up on Twitter at Roots of Life Pod. You can also get in touch with us via email at Roots of Life Podcast at gmail.com. Either of those works. If you feel generous and you want to donate a couple dollars or become a patron on patreon.com forward slash roots of life, you can hit us up on there. That'd be great. We appreciate any help. If not, just keep listening and we appreciate the listen. Go to any of the podcast services and give us a like, subscribe, give us some ratings. Let us know if there's anything we can do better. We want to hear from you. Thank you very much. Jimmy. I have a topic that I want to talk to you a bit about today. Okay. So we're still in this first couple weeks of the new year. It's 2017. Mm -hmm. So far, everybody seems to be doing well. I've heard from a lot of people that they're quite excited and they've been making some positive changes in their lives. So naturally, I'm a positive vibe around everywhere recently too. Yeah. So natu- naturally, I'm excited. I'm excited for myself. I'm excited for the people around me. And to keep expanding on that a little bit, you know, we talked a bit about trying to get into that flow of the new year and keep on track of these new things that people are trying out to live a healthier and better life and stay inspired to do these things. What? can people do to find that little path for themselves, that flow, and how can they just keep consistent with it? I think that the answer to that is different for everyone. But when it comes to like flow, um, a lot of people find flow, like when they're doing like a physical activity, that's something that's like where it's uh, found the most. Um, it's also in like creative stuff where you have to focus like um so like a focused activity is usually where you can find that best creative flow where you can get into like getting into the flow basically into the moment um some research that i've looked into has said that it's uh it's also based on like transient hypofrontality which sounds like a crazy big word but it just means that <clears throat> for a small time um, your frontal lobe and your prefrontal cortex kind of area kind of doesn't work as much um, because that's the part of your brain that has like the higher order uh, processing and it tells you like 
maybe you shouldn't do that because it's a bad idea kind of thing. So that's once you get that out of the way, that's when you can kind of get into that into that flow state and you can just work and not feel any anxiety about what's going on or that you're going to crash and burn because as soon as that kind of happens, as soon as you get that thought back is usually when that kind of thing happens. You fall off your board or you, you freak out when you're up on top of like a high wire when you're walking along, that kind of thing. So you think there's an actual science to, uh, I almost want to say when people jinx it, right? When when somebody, when you're like, oh man, I'm having I a stellar so. day, like I'm killing all these tricks on my skateboard or like you're riding down the side of a mountain on a snowboard and you're thinking, oh, like I haven't fallen all day. And then all of a sudden you've triggered that out of that maybe flow state and now all of a sudden you're more likely to fall i definitely think that's that's like a thing like i think that as soon as you start to think about it you're less focused on doing well or like doing anything that you were that you were doing before you're more focused on like trying not to do something and focusing on that is uh more likely that it'll happen when you fall so I think just where you place your focus is really important for being in your flow state, being creative, being active, like just being focused on things is is really important. So do you think that practice would be a good way to initiate flow state? Because I think we talked about it a bit before saying, you know, talking about trying new things and it, it's that initial... Trying something for the first time can be nerve-wracking. Definitely. It's hard to get into a new room and do something new where maybe there's people who are more experienced and you're maybe unexperienced in that uh, area or that craft. And now you're going in there with... It's usually an expectation of yourself. Mm -hmm. And people don't expect anything of you. People usually don't care. They're usually there for themselves. But we go in there with a certain expectation of ourselves, which makes it nerve-wracking. We get a little bit anxious and we tighten up. But as you start practicing, whatever it might be, whether it be a sport or a craft or an instrument. Or a podcast. Or a podcast, yeah. Imagine, can you tell how far this has come for us? Like, it's so much better and it comes so much easier now that we've practiced it a few times and i don't think i've quite mastered the art of it or anything but i think it's definitely improving oh definitely not but it's definitely improving yeah and i think the listeners can probably vouch for that as well if you think differently let us know if we need to go back to episode one and rethink our lives then tell us that but or not. I don't want to hear that. That'd be that would hurt my heart <laughs> a, little a little bit. bit. Just a little. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Just tell us we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> False sense of security. Yeah. Um, sorry, where are you going? But yeah, so mm -hmm. practice. I mean, it's just if you're trying something new this year and something's going really well, don't get down on yourself if you're not getting it right away. Keep practicing it, and as things get better, things will get easier. As time goes along, you'll become more versed in the art and it'll it'll happen. And what'll happen is after a while you'll start you'll you won't think about it as much. Mm -hmm. It'll just come and when 
you get to stop thinking about it, you'll hit that flow state where everything comes more naturally. And I think when you can find that one thing in your life that you can start to practice and work towards hitting that flow state on a regular basis, that will trickle over into your life in general. I agree. Uh, I think especially when you get to like physical activities, when you're thinking about flow, um, the more you practice, the more you have that, like that muscle memory, you have the neurons firing, your motor neurons firing faster and the, the pathway is cleaner because it clears off other neurons that aren't really needed for that pathway. So the process of it becomes easier and easier. It's like when you start, when you're driving and you realize I just drove six blocks and I don't remember those six blocks and you kind of just did it while thinking about life and work and everything you had to get done that week and you just got six blocks without really paying attention because your body just kind of knew what you had to do because you were kind of in a flow state in in that respect but not necessarily focused on it um it's kind of like that once you get more and more practice doing that thing you can you can do it without having to think about it so you can focus on what's coming up in front of you so you can navigate that with just yeah with ease basically in that flow state just makes it easier to do it i think driving is a great example because driving is something that maybe not all of us but a lot of us do on a regular basis i drive somewhere guaranteed six seven days a week right oh yeah not a problem but we do it so often that we do it without thinking right how how often do you pull up to a stop sign and stop without really thinking about the stop sign you see that little uh what is an octagon pentagon um, the oct- red sign <laughs> on the street anyways there it is you see it and it's an instinct it's just you've done it so many times you know what it means that you just stop yeah and you know that when there's no other cars there that you can go it's these you've think these things that you've practiced so many times over a number of years that it comes so naturally and it just happens and that is a great example of flow Mm -hmm. so my next question moving forward jimmy what do you do to try and find your flow? Ah, well, um, over the years I've done a few different things. Um, when I first learned about this was when I started slacklining. And I found like that activity alone, like after the first few months of practicing, and I, would, I was going out like a couple times a week to, to practice. And I started when I was drunk actually, and I'd walk across pretty drunk and then when I finally started doing it when I wasn't drunk I realized how easy it was when you had an equilibrium sorry just one quick second for some context yes what is slacklining Jimmy just for those people out there that don't know let's inform them a little bit if you want pause the podcast go to YouTube type in slacklining you'll see some crazy ass stuff it's super cool Jimmy introduced me to the sport it's really cool but Jimmy tell them about it a little bit first and then we'll get into it so slacklining is is similar to tightrope walking, except the ones that I would primarily use are about two inches wide, and they're quite springy, so that you can bounce, you can do tricks on them. I can't do tricks because I'm not that good. Um, 
but you, yeah, you can do stalls, you can do all sorts of crazy stuff. If you do YouTube it, you'll find amazing people doing ridiculous things on a slack line. But it's basically, it comes down to being almost like a two inch wide trampoline for some of these people. Um, they're bouncing on it ridiculously high, doing backflips and landing on this two inch wide just line. And I don't know, it's, it's really fun, it's difficult. Um, it takes a lot of core strength that I had to work up <laughs> quite a bit. I think it also takes a lot of mental strength. It definitely, yes, you definitely have to like, to even stay on it for a minute, you have to focus like tremendously on almost every muscle in your body at the same time to keep yourself centered on this thing. Because not only does it it um, bounce up and down, but it swings side to side, depending on how um, how tight you have it. And it's, yeah, it just gets really difficult sometimes. <laughs> But it's really fun. It's a really cool thing. And if you get the chance to try it out, definitely just go for it. Not um, Every single person that I've met that, that slacklines, they're, they're totally open to having people just try the line out a couple times while the, if they're walking past or whatever. So just like ask, see if you can try it. It's really cool. Um, it's definitely fun if you, if you do get into it to just try and do new things. And that was like my favorite part. You... Uh, I try and jump across the line in a few jumps um, or just try and like stand perfectly still if possible. There's just so many things you can do with it and it's a really good workout and it's really centering. It's like meditation with the like amount of focus you need to use. So, Yeah, I think it's a super cool sport for the fact of that as you start to think that you're getting good at it, on whatever level that be, like usually the very most basic, simple form of it, you then start to challenge yourself naturally. You're thinking like, oh, okay, like I'm going to try turning around now, which ultimately doesn't sound very difficult, but when you've never done it and you have to figure out how to utilize your stabilizer muscles and your core muscles and everything and not trip yourself out. That's, I think, Mm -hmm. the big thing is that staying present that meditative state that flow state in the moment and not scaring yourself into falling off it right because that's i think a big uh development stage in a lot of sports for people especially when it comes to extreme sports it's not scaring yourself when you're trying these things like when i started doing jumps on snowboards that's the scariest thing because when you're up in the air it just freaks you out and all you want to do is fall and so you start flailing and really you need to like utilize your core and you need to stay uh tight so that you're you have a like a lower center of gravity yeah it's the same when you're jumping on the slack line you kind of every time i do it now because i'm out of practice i freak out and i don't land um but before it's the same thing you kind of got to like keep your core engaged and when you land you got to be ready to um ready to catch the the spring of the slack line when it comes back up so that it doesn't just shoot you off again and so there's like a lot of stuff you have to remember to to be like aware of and if and when you're thinking about it the whole time it gets scary and it's harder to do than when you're just able to do it by habit yeah, so when you started slacklining and you started noticing this practice of mm-hmm. scaring yourself on the slackline, was that 
did that give you some kind of incentive to go inquire and do some research about what this reaction was or did you stumble across the study of flow naturally and just associate it with slacklining um i was in a a course for school on consciousness at the time this was about almost a year after i'd started slacklining so i'd i'd already been practicing for quite a while so i was getting quite good at it and I came across the the research on flow during that class. And while I was reading about it, I was thinking, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I felt this, and I felt that, and I felt that. All of these things I felt while slacklining. So I just kind of went from there and, like, tried to practice different things that the flow state encompassed. Yeah, it's just, it was kind of a, like a happy coincidence that, I was still slacklining at the same time as I was learning about this because I would just go out after class or sometimes when I'm supposed to be in class, I would just go <laughs> slackline instead just because I was like, well, technically it's for school. So <laughs> yeah. And then it ended up being something that I could go and do that would, it would relieve stress because it was physical activity and I would just do it alone, like out in the woods somewhere. So it was really calming. Um, and it was part of what I was doing for school. So I felt like I was being productive at the same time um, because I ended up doing a presentation on it where uh, I explained what flow was um, from, from my reading and how it worked. And then um, I let everybody try slacklining. So did you ever feel out of place? Like, did you ever get those weird looks from people across the way and they're looking at you standing on this rope tied between two trees i've definitely had a lot of people like look at me weird but usually they're just really excited that they get to see this um the elderly people their favorite thing to comment as they walk past is like oh you're training for the circus are you oh my goodness yeah or um there was there was a guy who tight roped across the niagara falls i believe like within the last decade or something. Um, How long is that? A decade? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? <laughs> I like to tightrope across I, Niagara I don't know. Falls. Far, I'm assuming. <laughs> but the 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 other thing the old people love to say was, "Oh, are you going to be the next person to go across Niagara Falls?" And I would always be like, well, "No, it's already been done." So I don't know. It's so just... you're thinking about what you could do. That's a step above that. A little bit, yeah. I want my own thing. I want to be different. So I would just be trying to do like the jumps or whatever or different like stalls and things like that. So definitely was not trying to go far across things with it. No, but I think the idea is to try and be a little bit different, to be a little bit more unique than the next person. Exactly. To kind of carve your own path. Right. And that doesn't even mean doing something. Obviously, things that we like doing, other people have done. That's just natural and the way of the world because you're never going to be the first person to do something unless you're some crazy ass scientist and you've come up with the next big quantum theory breakthrough or whatever it might be. But I even consider myself unique. I, I like to think of it as I'm like, 
well, I'm kind of a hippie, but I like to draw, or I like to do music, and I like to do all these things. I like to think of it as a big whole. Like a hip-hop hippie. Yeah, exactly, right? So I think... I like to think of it as the big picture, as mm-hmm. instead of the small, like, oh, well, I slacklining doesn't make me unique because somebody has slacklined before. Yeah. But I think just to do these things and to try different things and to find these different paths that will open up more possibilities to you. Maybe, maybe you were going to be some crazy ass slackliner and maybe it did open up that pathway to thinking about the bigger peak that you can get on top of or in between you know Mm -hmm. like maybe it just opened up that doorway we don't know i definitely want to do it again i haven't in probably a year now haven't slacklined yeah it was so it's such a cool sport i remember when you introduced me to it Mm -hmm. it's really fun yeah i would come home from vancouver or Maybe I was even in Kamloops at one point. I would come mm-hmm. home to Nanaimo for Christmas or in the spring for a few days. And Jimmy being one of the few friends at the time that still lived on the island. Mostly everybody else had moved away. But of course, Jimmy was slaving away at VIU getting his bachelor's degree. Yeah. Once again, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. And I would come home and he'd just be hanging out in this field. I'd be like, hey, man, like, do you want to spend some time? And he'd be like, oh, I'm hanging out in the park and I'm in between two trees on a slack line. I'd be like, that's so freaking cool. Like, I want to <laughs> do that. And so I would. And we would go hang out. And even, like, down in some of the historic... I remember we were down by the China Steps in Vancouver. And yeah, that, like, was, that was, like, where I started. Yeah, and it's so cool. And there was, like, the college radio there. And yeah. now there's even a studio down there. Uh, Rob the Viking of Swollen Members opened up a studio called The Chambers. I think it's The Chambers Studio. And it's right down there where the underneath the queens which is oh, okay yeah so that's cool that's that there's awesome. like some I didn't know that big that there. commercial studio in nanaimo yeah for that's sweet. A, a city that is lacking of support in that area so shout out to rob the viking doubt he'll ever hear this but you know <laughs> hey he dude, might we never know he, he was a, he uh was a guest lecturer and he taught a couple of my classes when i was a music student nice so yeah, it was he's a nice guy. So yeah, overall, try and be a little different. Try and be a little unique. Find that niche for yourself. Try different things. And when you find something that you enjoy, really go for it. Go for it. Practice it. Get better at it. Don't think about it too much. Just ride through the waves. The waves mm-hmm. will come and go. And when they do come, ride it. And... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's as simple as that, right? Pretty much. Just, yeah. When it shows up, go with it. Just and when it going. does, and w- and when it disappears, don't get mad at yourself for it. It's a way of life. It happens. I know people who I've talked to about practicing meditation, and they say that when their brain wanders, you can't be hard on yourself for that because no. that's what we do as humans. We think, we evaluate we acknowledge things we just that's what we do and so when that happens you can't get mad at yourself for that but you need to just say okay like that happened 
I'm allowed to do that, but now I'm going to become present again. I'm going to bring myself back to this moment Mm -hmm. and I'm going to start breathing again. I'm going to concentrate on how I feel and ultimately myself. Yeah, meditation is a good one that that people kind of forget that it's a practice that you have to practice. You can't just sit there and all of a sudden be in this clear state. You have to you have to work at it. You have to remember like, okay, I've started thinking about other things again. I have to focus on my breathing and I have to get back in that flow state and be more aware of myself um, and just the present state that I'm in. So, And that's exactly what meditation can do for you along with psychedelics, along with a flow state. Mm-hmm. What they all are, are they're altered superior states of consciousness and all we want is for everybody to elevate themselves a little more just a little bit just try and find any way that works for you flow states and psychedelics actually have very similar attributes especially the transient hypofrontality um they've found that a lot of psychedelics that's the coolest fucking word i know i love saying it Uh, (laughs) um I find a lot of psychedelics do that as well. They they kind of shut down the prefrontal cortex for a little while. Um, basically, it's just it just gives you less um, anxiety in a way. There's less of that like, hey, you shouldn't do this. Hey, that's stupid. Hey, that's a dumb idea. It kind of just disables that inner critic and lets you just go out, be creative, express yourself in however you want, and not feel bad about it i've definitely had that experience with lsd and Mm -hmm. mushrooms where maybe you're honestly you're standing there and you're looking at the grass and (laughs) or whatever it might be you're in a park and you're on like a green kid's toy or something like some in you know like a school grounds and you're thinking about the person that's gonna walk by and they're going to see you and they're like, and you're thinking that they're going to laugh at you, but you and your friend are sitting there laughing your asses off, holding your gut while you just laugh and laugh and laugh. And it doesn't matter. Like you're basically like, I don't care mm-hmm. because Jimmy's explained the science to you. I understand the context, but I don't have the breakdown for you like jimmy does but it's there there's an example of the transition and the change that happens when you can enter these altered states of consciousness some create different experiences than others but Mm -hmm. just know that there's more than one the one that you've grown up understanding right it's easy to become complacent in things that we know and understand and I think growing up, you, you're not as aware of these things. So I have a question for you. Yeah, what's that? I want to know, because we've talked about finding flow and getting into the groove where you can be creative. But we also mentioned being different and wanting to be kind of unique. So I want to know, like, something that you do that you think is different than a lot of people do. Like, what weird habit do you have? Yeah, it's a hard question. I like to dance. You like to dance. See, I'm one of those people. 
you'll see me singing my heart out in my car. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's my private time, right? I get mm-hmm. to sing. Get to I get sing. to belt. Yeah. The most, one of the most embarrassing, or I guess it was embarrassing. I don't know. I kind of laughed it off at the time. I had a client who came in, a, re- a repeat client at the studio. And she's a younger girl. She's probably my age, may- maybe 22. Or She's an actress, and she was doing some voiceover work. And she's from the city and everything. And we know, we have, we know some of the same people we have mutual connections and she said to me i saw you the other week and i was like oh really like where and she was like you were driving and you were just singing your heart out and of course my boss is right there and the other engineer is right there and i was like oh my god (laughs) i was like yeah yeah that was probably me she's like what were you listening to and i was like i couldn't tell you like i don't know it was Quite embarrassing, but it was also pretty funny. And I enjoyed the laugh that we all got out of it. I love that. Yeah. So I, I, weird habits that I have. I don't know. I'm definitely one of those people. I literally, when nobody's around, I dance. Like I will dance in my house. Like there's no tomorrow. I love it's, dancing in the house and cleaning. That's like one of my favorite activities. I like to do both those things, but I don't do them at the same time. Well, you should try it. It makes both of them more fun. Well, it makes it makes the cleaning difficult. more fun, but the dancing, I don't know, it's it's kind of it's kind of more fun cuz you have like a purpose at the same time. Yeah. I guess that's I think those are probably pretty common ones. I mm. mean, do you think that some people are just so dry in this world that they don't do anything like that? Like what do you, what do you think other people might do when nobody's around oh man um i bet a lot of people pick their nose when no one's around oh that's a good one (laughs) i I would bet that like the majority of people like a lot of people that's one of those like monkey things that like you can't get rid of or something i think that (laughs) people are a lot more likely to be a little bit dirtier just when gross. nobody else is around yeah. for the simple fact that in recent years we've learned so much about germs and bacteria and everything and mm-hmm. these ideas are there but for thousands and thousands of years however many you want to say wherever your science and your history goes back to unless you don't believe in this but we were monkeys we're primal down to our core we're mammals and we have these primal instincts to climb trees, which I love doing. I love climbing trees. Actually, that's one of my favorite things to do. It's so weird. I find something that and I just got to climb it. For, when I went away for Thanksgiving, we went for a walk. Yeah. And I was like climbing all these trees. And everybody's like, we're trying to walk down the path. Like I was with like 10 people. Yeah. And they were like... They were like, oh, like, we're trying to go for this walk down, like, the beach on this little parkway. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to need, like, five minutes with this tree. <laughs> I remember you, uh, when we went slacklining one day, you climbed the tree as well. Like, it was a huge tree. There's barely, like, any branches. And you just, like, went up, like, most of the way and just, like, sat in one spot. And I was like, all right. Have, yeah, have I don't know. It's, tree. It, it's a thing for me. And I think it, that's one of those things is when you break it down, when... 
down to like just who we are as a species that's one of the things that we do and i think picking our noses i don't know if that's a stereotype but i feel like it's not no, i feel I, like monkeys yeah. probably pick their noses well i just and assume that's, they like and yeah. we're part of that family mm-hmm. and that's what we do so i think that's a good one mm-hmm. maybe like the odd person like won't wash their hands you know as often when there's not as pe- many people around right yeah i've I read something somewhere, probably just like on Facebook or something, but it said like 50% of men won't wash their hands if there's no one else in the washroom, which was disturbing for me because I wash my hands every single time. But Right. I That yeah. seems like a very high number. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's a lot of people that don't wash their hands. I wonder, I I wonder why. Do you know what the statistic, but in the female category, do you know what that is? No, no. I think they just did this. Uh, they did a study where some guy like literally stood in a washroom and like counted how many people, and then they did like a. They somehow hid in the washroom another time so that people couldn't see them. Are you saying them. that researchers maybe contracted by the government put cameras in the washroom to watch people, Jimmy? Is that what you're suggesting right now? I don't know if they put cameras or if they just stood in there and watched you. But either way, it's kind of creepy. Do you think they, like, maybe stood against the wall and then painted them the same color as the wall? <laughs> and then all you, all, all you can see so. is their eyes. Just And then he, like, sneezes at one point. Yeah, like, what, what was that? Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how, it, how they did it. I don't remember. But I do, yeah, I pretty much made that statistic up, but I read something. It was around there. Something like that. Oh, it seems likely. It was just it was just a, a ridiculous amount that I was like, that's gross. Yeah, I think that it does go back to the you know uh, the saying that boys will be boys. It, <laughs> it, it when you look yeah. All right. at the five year olds and the eight year olds and the ten like when you're an adolescent when you're a child, the boys are the ones. Boys have certain behaviors that girls just don't and of course there's no black and white there's always going to be you know the girls that enjoy doing some of the things that the boys do that's cool i'm not saying that it's Mm -hmm. one way or the other but on average right there is these certain behaviors and that's just because of the way that men are made and the way that women are made and i was rolling around in the dirt all the time I loved doing that stuff. I loved playing sports. I loved getting dirty. And I would just do that. I remember when I was in primary school one time. And there there I am, little Taylor Jean, coming in from lunch. And I was playing soccer with my friends, as I did almost all the time. You were probably there, Jimmy. And Yeah, for the last two years of elementary yeah, school. And I there. remember this was grade six. So you were there. Okay, You yeah, were there. Yeah. yeah. And I remember... It was probably raining, but the field was disgustingly. It was always, raining it was always there. Dis- the field was disgustingly dirty and muddy. And I came inside from lunch, and because my teacher knew that I lived like two minutes from the school, I was so dirty, like just mud like all over my clothes and everything, like all over my face and like legs and everything. She was like, "Go home and get changed." She's like, "I'm not having you sit in my class for the second half of the day looking like that." And 
That's and hilarious. I was like, all right, like, sure, I'll go home. So I went home and, like, had lunch and then came back and, like, took an extra extended 20 half-hour lunch that day. You know, I wasn't complaining. <laughs> Why not? Exactly. I don't yeah. even remember if my parents were home. I don't think they were. Oh, probably they were probably not. at work. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember being out there and I, I think it was John, like, picked me up and threw me in front of the ball. So I, I saved it, thanks to John. But I was covered in mud. There was, yeah, there was a couple of days. Me like and John that. were savages on those fields. Because we're ridiculous. And that's my point is as boys, we yeah. had no sense of, I don't know, conservatism. Like we just went and we just did what we wanted and mm-hmm. we didn't screen our thoughts. And that's ultimately what I wish people our age could still do. Do mm-hmm. those things that as kids, you didn't care and there was you didn't worry about the consequences of your actions. Obviously, I'm not saying go hurt somebody or do something stupid or illegal, <laughs> but you know like why not take that dance I, class? Why? Because somebody yeah. might think that you're too feminine or they might judge you because you're a bad dancer. If you were a 10-year-old and you saw this awesome dancer you would probably go running to your parents as fast as you could saying i want to take dance classes i want to take dance classes and you wouldn't have thought another second about it so yeah you know i wish i I hope that everybody listening can find something to help them get out of their little bubble try not to screen your thoughts as much be present practice get into that flow state allow it to elevate your consciousness allow it to improve your life a little bit more one of those weird things that i do that kind of helps me is uh, beatboxing just randomly throughout the day all the time um it's my it's my probably my weirdest quirkiest habit i end up just it's sometimes it's not even beatboxing it's beatboxing is just tapping on things as well as beatboxing rhythms yeah just rhythms all day it annoys the shit out of everyone around me all really the time. I, I you've done it around me and i never found it annoying yeah I'm, maybe it's just me thinking people are going to be annoyed as well but i do know like a few people are just like shut up which i mean it, it's fair it's a lot it's a lot of noise sometimes <laughs> so i understand but it's just yeah, it's just one of those things, like one of my weird habits that I continue to do. I probably won't stop. That's good though. I encourage you, Jimmy. I'm, yeah. I implore you Thank to you. Uh, just keep doing it. Keep practicing. I I kind of want like everyone to do it. It's an art form. But then I just it's it's just so fun, like cool to do, like making weird noises with your face. It's sweet. Very natural. <laughs> yeah. Um, staying on the topic of weird. What is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? The weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Oh man, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really prepared for that question. I know that's a hard one. It's a it's that a is big a very question. hard question. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple like examples of weird things that have happened. Okay, to let's me. hear it, and then then you can answer. Okay. So ever since I was a kid, I've just had a dislike for answering phones. I don't like talking on the phone very much. It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, 
it's, for some reason, this is very different because I have a microphone in front of my face instead of just holding I was going to say, we're having a conversation on the phone at this very moment. Just the I context know, it's, is a it's, little bit different. I think it's just different because I know that I'm calling you or you're calling me. Like, we, when we set it up, we know the time and everything. Just, I don't like answering the phone. I don't like talking on it much. So, I've been in diff- a few different jobs where, like, part of my job is you're supposed to answer the phone. Um, when, when I'm at the keg, it was take reservations, answer questions. Where I am now, it's deal with whatever whatever is happening. It is so random. Lots of times it's the police or um, Ministry of Child and Family Development, different stuff like that. So the first one, I was at the keg. I answered the phone. And this was at probably like... 10 minutes after closing time. So basically I was just going to answer and I was assuming they were going to say, Hey, are you still open as usual? And I'd say, no, sorry, we're open this time tomorrow kind of thing. Um, but another thing that happened at that keg was we'd used to get a lot of calls that were for the taxi service, which was one number different from the kegs number. So I answered and I was thinking, okay, it's either going to be somebody trying to come in or somebody looking for a cab. But what I got was, do you have meat there? And I was like, um, yes, we're a steakhouse. And then they're like, oh, what kind of meat? So Was this a person playing <laughs> a joke on you? I have no idea. I think so, most likely. But I have no idea. So I answered. I explained like the different steaks that we have, that we also had chicken and lobster, etc. And I was like, okay, there, there you go. And then they're like, can I have your meat? And then I Oh my god. That that would yeah. be quite scary. It was a little weird. Yeah. yeah. I would not <laughs> so, have been comfortable answering phones after that either. No, I was like, uh, okay, well, I probably won't answer the phone here. This is strange. Um, but recently, uh working at the shelter here, I was I was called six times in 10 minutes from the same number one of those six times i was currently on the line with that same number when i got a second call from them on the other line so i answered every single time paranormal activity it was weird uh the first time i could hear like the blink the beeping of like a car door when it's open and the keys in the ignition and then right before i hung up i heard the door close and then I switched to the other line as that call came in, and I could hear two people talking, but I, they wouldn't answer me when I was saying hello, um, and they sounded pretty far away. So I hung up, and then I got a call again, and again, and again, and again. Finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and call them back. And I dialed the number, and nothing happened. It didn't ring. It didn't say it was busy. It didn't do anything. So I tried again. Nothing. Um, at the end of it, I was like, okay, well, at this point I'm freaking out because just the nature of the work, I don't, it could be somebody who needs help, anything like that. It's just, so I called the non-emergency number and then they had an officer call me back, um, after they had looked into it and he asked what had happened and I explained it. Um, and then the officer just said, well, that's weird because the people that it was are an elderly couple. They're traveling right now to go to 
uh, go somewhere for Christmas. And I was like, okay, uh, do you understand what, do you know why they called? And he said, no, the, their phone was in their purse the whole time and they have no idea how that happened. That's so weird. It was so weird. It was one of like, it was one of the creepiest moments I think that I've had there. What time did this happen? Just like, oh, this was five 30 in the morning. So you've been up all night. All night. It's been dark. Yeah. Quiet. Yeah. Nothing's going on. And and then the phone just starts ringing really loud for like solid for 10 minutes. Why is this elderly couple traveling at 530 in the morning? I think they had to go pretty far to get to whoever's house they were going to for like the Christmas holidays. That's dedication. Yeah. I know. I was like, oh my God, you crazy old people. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I'd be sleeping at that time. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So... Back to you. Do you have any weird things that have happened to you? I've come up with two in my head. Okay. And I don't know if they're necessarily weird, but Okay. I'll tell you I'll tell you two. They don't necessarily have to be weird in the sense that it's completely abnormal for everyday life. But if it was something that felt weird to you, I mean it's weird, right? Yeah. So the two that come to mind are it's funny because we just mentioned my enjoyment that I get out of climbing trees. I quite enjoy trees. I really do. I think they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've had this kind of fascination with them, not really in a biological way, but in a very just appreciative and natural way ever since the first time I did LSD. Mm-hmm. So obviously... There was just, I was like, wow, like the color green has never been so appealing to me before. And I've just loved it ever since. One of like one of the things I always fall into when I do LSD is just walking around and looking at bushes and trees. And it's mm-hmm. always one of my favorite parts of my evening or my day, whatever, whenever I decide to do it. Um, so I was like probably 18 in Nanaimo and I was playing basketball. And there was, like, these two girls, probably, like, five years old. I think one was maybe a little older than the other. And the one girl climbed a tree. And then her little sister, she must have been even younger. She must have been. She climbed the tree after her sister. And her sister came down. And this girl got stuck up in the tree. She couldn't get down. She was too scared to move. And because she was so small, it was one thing to pull herself up, but then to get down was a whole other thing. She couldn't reach the branches mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so this girl's in this tree, probably, she's gotta be 20, 25 feet up in this tree. And she's high. Like, she's not just a couple feet off or, like, you know, uh, six or seven feet. Mm-hmm. Like, she's quite far up there. So... Naturally, I'm like, okay, like, I'm not gonna wait for someone else to show up. And so I start climbing the tree. And luckily, the girl is small enough where I was able to pick her up, put her in like, you know, I sat her basically like, I carried her down like you would hold a baby. Like I put Mm -hmm. her kind of like her butt in my bicep and then just like climbed down with one hand. And you know, obviously, like, at this point, her older sister has, like, ran home to get their mother, come back, and got their mother to bring her and be like, oh, like, my sister's up in the tree or whatever the situation. And by the time the mom got there, yeah. I had gotten the girl down. And 
one thing that bugged me about the scenario after that point was the mom got mad at the little girl for climbing the tree. What? Yeah, like, she was like, oh, like, what are you doing climbing the tree? And kind of, like, smacked her. Like, not hit her, but, like, you know, whatever. Like, a parent discipline kind of little whack or whatever. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy that I'm going to report home to. But my point being is <laughs> I enjoy climbing trees, like I said. So that I yeah. thought, to me, that was the universe being like, here's something you like to do. We're going to show you we're going to give you an opportunity to utilize that to help someone Mm -hmm. obviously i like i i felt good about myself doing that i felt like i had helped this little girl i didn't like the way not that i have the right to judge any parent on how they discipline their child or how they raise their children but i think that you should not be disciplining your child for trying something new or feeding that explorative side of your childish nature mm-hmm. your child your child wanted to explore the world they wanted to see something they wanted to go out they wanted to try something new and then got disciplined for it which i think is the exact opposite of what you should do as a parent you should nurture those ambitions yeah. that your children have put put your own fears behind you and let let your child explore the exactly world. i don't think that you should focus on your children's weak spots. I think whatever your child is strong at, you should focus on those and you should encourage them to do those things. Just because her daughter was young and couldn't climb the tree to the extent that she was able to get herself down doesn't mean you should discipline her for not being able to do it. You should encourage her for mm-hmm. trying and tell her, thank you, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad that there was somebody else around. Please, next time, be more careful. Of Mm -hmm. course, some children will not listen, but you have to let them make those mistakes on their own. I think it's important to personal growth. So that was one. That was one of my experiences that I thought was kind of weird. The universe, I felt, was giving me an opportunity and kind of gave me some insight as to how I want to raise my children. And how I think mm-hmm. that people should treat children. It doesn't even come down to a parent sh- raising their child. But even when I come across children now, I have a different outlook on how I should treat these children. You know, I don't feel like I should treat them as a young or adolescent. I mean, to an extent, but I feel like you should yeah. treat them like a person and ask them certain things and, you know, respect their opinion whether or not you think it's childish. Yeah, I I work with a lot of kids or youth. Some of them have mild cognitive disabilities. And when I'm working with them, I don't treat them as if they're they're different or that they even necessarily have those disabilities. Um, Just in the terms of when I'm speaking to them, that like it does, I do have to kind of, do things a little different um, to model different things um, so that they understand how things are supposed to work and boundaries and that sort of thing. But when I'm asking them questions and things, I don't, I don't dumb it down. I don't say, do you like this or like change my voice or anything? I speak to them like they're adults and I, you, you, you have to, like, it's just respect really. Uh, Just be respectful and like treat other people the way you want to be treated is 
literally just how I do my work. Yeah, it's a big thing these days with the equality that is coming, that people are fighting for in the 21st century. People Mm -hmm. are fighting for it, and they have every right to. But I think treating, whether they be children or people with uh, disabilities of some sort, you can't treating them differently creates a wedge a wedge between Mm -hmm. you and them and you're putting them on a different level and ultimately if you're fighting for anybody's equality if that is what you are doing and that is what you dedicate your time to then you're you're screwing up you're doing something wrong by not by fighting for one person but creating a wedge between you and another you Mm -hmm. can't just fight for one person and then cast the other person to the side i don't see how that works but i don't want to get into that too much because uh <laughs> to worm i'm already getting a little heated about it so <laughs> i'll tell you your second weird adventure weird experience that i had ah. and i don't know if there's a science that can prove this or like how this even happened or if it was just maybe chance but it was it's something that I've always carried with me. So I was probably about 16, living with my grandparents at the time for like a week because I got in a fight with my parents. It happened all the time when I was a kid. You know, I wasn't the nicest child, but <laughs> I grew and I got better. And, you know, I think every parent and child have their little debacles and they figure it out over mm-hmm. time. So I had a dream. I had a dream that I lost my virginity to a girl, a girl that I had just met. Like I had, this girl was in my grade. She was in one of my classes at my school and she had just came to my school like that month. I remember the months and everything. It's so weird because of, because of this dream that I had, I had a dream that I slept with this girl and I didn't even really know the girl. I had just, she was in my class. That's what happens when you're 16 male. That's just, that's what happens. I had a dream that I slept with this girl Over months, months go on, months go on, me and this girl become best friends, and I end up losing my virginity to this girl, like, nine months later. (laughs) Like, it was the weirdest thing to me, because, what, did I literally, like, people talk about, you know, dream it, and it can happen, but I didn't, like, dream that scenario into reality like i wasn't pushing for it it was something that happened so naturally that i felt that it was a premonition like a vision from whatever like my my inside my my dreams telling me that like this is gonna happen i don't (laughs) think it was something that i was like right so that's something i'm gonna work towards i've dreamt it i want it and I started taking the necessary steps to make it happen. That wasn't my thought process at all. Do you think maybe subconsciously that happened? Like subconsciously you're like, oh, that's a cool thing that maybe I'd want to happen. And kind of just like not necessarily purposely did it, but. No, I don't think so. Because at that point, like I said, I hardly knew the girl. Like I knew her name. I'd maybe yeah. said hi to her in class, whatever, something small like that. And then it only happened over time that I had found out that, like, 
she went to the same elementary school as like one of my best friends. And so she had come into the school knowing people that I was friends with and everything and da da da. And it was only through time that it all kind of just like happened. And I think it happened very naturally. And it wasn't, it, it was an experience based out of a love that me and her naturally developed. And because it wasn't, yes, I was 16. Yes, there's hormones involved, but to this day, me and this girl are friends. I would love to see her again and give her a hug. I haven't seen her in quite some time. You know who you are if you're listening to this. I miss you. You're a great person. Hugs. But it... Hi. I know who you are as well. So, hello. Do you? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Oh, okay. Cool. So, yeah. It, I think it happened very naturally. And, I mean, I still love the girl. She's great. And she's been a long-time friend of mine. I mean, I used to, like, hang out with her and my mom. You know, like, we would go do things, the three of us, which is That's weird, awesome. weird when you think about it. But my mom would even invite her over for dinner and stuff like that. She, my mom always asked me how she's doing. You know, she's she's a family friend, you know, mm-hmm. even though we don't see each other very often. So that, that was another weird experience. I associate both with, I think, more context than just what's on the surface. Yeah. I, I think there's more of a meaning to both of them. And... I appreciate both those experiences for what they are as weird and as quirky as they are to me. And I'll never forget either of them. I never will. They're so ingrained in my head. And I think that's why they're the first two that come to my head when you ask me that question. All right. I like it. Now, what I want to do is I want to challenge our listeners to send in comments or maybe some art or maybe even like a story of some sort, um, depicting one of their weirdest moments. I just think that would be really cool. I just wanted to hear a bunch of weird stuff. A weird moment. A weird moment in their life. Something strange. Court yourself dancing or something. Do something weird Hey, for yeah, us. if you send videos of whatever weird, cool thing you can do, that'd be cool too. We'll Instagram the shit out of that. Yeah, we have Instagram now. Nothing's on it. That's okay. We'll get there. We'll We're get still there. in the process. We're building everything. We're getting everything ready. Everything mm-hmm. is going to be good. The universe is shining in our direction. The sun is on our face. The wind is at our back. And we are moving forward in this world. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. One more time, if you want to reach us, you can hit us up on Twitter, at Roots of Life Pod. There's also our email Roots of Life Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Instagram. Jimmy, what's the Instagram? It's at Roots of Life Podcast on Instagram. At Roots of Life Podcast on Instagram. Everybody, thank you for joining in with us today. Uh, one more time, if you want to get us on Patreon, if you want to become a patron, you can get some cool little bonus stuff. We're working towards that. We're going to get everything going. We're looking for a little bit of support. If you're feeling generous, we know that the new year comes with a lot of expectations of yourself and there's you gotta look after yourself as number one if you just want to keep listening to these episodes feel free to do that we encourage you to do so give us a like on itunes subscribe yeah all that good stuff it'll help us encourage us to help keep this podcast moving forward my name is taylor this is my friend jimmy here thank you stay happy healthy and weird roots of life podcast thank you for joining us have a good day everyone